Hi, guys, and welcome to this episode of the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, I have a very special treat, which is a guest. I never have a guest, and my guest is Ralph from Dad Starting Over. Hi, Dad Starting Over. Hello, hello. Wow, what a privilege. Your first ever interview. Look at me. You might be my only. We have to see how it goes. I don't like ironically for somebody whose entire career is talking to people. I don't like most people. So this is a very, this is a really big privilege because I've called you my friend. And I think you have to, you have to say that back, even if you don't feel it, because I said it and, you know, I think you feel bad if I would say it and you wouldn't think it, oh, but you, you are now my internet friend. There you go. You know, I like you. Yes, you're my friend. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So the reason that I had Ralph here from Dad Starting Over is because he has this like super huge cult following <laughs> and he shared some of my stuff and then like 1000 males came onto my page. Literally, like I got like probably I think a thousand more likes on my Facebook page ever since you shared me, Ralph. So oh, cool. thank you very much well, you're welcome. for that. Yeah, that was cool. And I think that the reason that... um you know, that it's good to have you as my perhaps only guest is because like I say a lot of stuff about what guys think, but obviously I am not a man. So it is good to have somebody who I think um, can uh, you I think you agree with a lot of the stuff that I say. There's mm -hmm. some stuff you may not, mm -hmm. but it would be interesting to just kind of get the male perspectives. But before I really get into just randomly asking you questions, because I prepared for this, not at all like I don't for any podcast that I do. I have zero prep work. But um, so what I wanted to do was just give like a quick little background about you and your book, your dead bedroom book, and then like your fraternity and all your stuff. Sure. Don't mind if I do. Um, first of all, I apologize <laughs> to your audience listening to this because I'm getting over a sinus infection. So I may stop and like start coughing like a madman. I may mute. Oh, like, don't like worry. Right now. <laughs> There we go. I got a mute button, so I'll be using it. But um, so my story is uh, almost 10 years ago now. Wow, that's that's wow. That went by fast. Um, I was married for the first time. And to make a long and very painful story short, I discovered uh, infidelity on the part of my then wife. And that sent me into quite the mental tailspin, as I'm sure you are aware of uh, that phenomenon. Yes. Um, you know, mm -hmm. that, that whole betrayal thing and... It, it, this infidelity thing is is especially insidious because it it calls into your question your 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 present like what is really going on your future what's the future of us and then what I found to be even more troubling was it called into question a lot of things in the past. Oh, yeah, oh, that's why that happened. Oh, this is you know just in years later you're like oh what kind of dummy was I that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. uh, betrayal, big big thing. Um, so part of my therapy I actually went and spoke to a therapist who was a female. And she, um, very, um, very smart of her. One thing she said was you need more time with men, other men, uh, because you're like every other dude I've ever spoken to. None of you get out and talk to guys, no friends, no nothing. And she said, mm -hmm. in, in fact, I got a, a, several guys that I talked to have gone through the exact same thing. One of them name is Steve. Steve would already love to talk to you. I've already told him about you. Here's his number. So I get to talking to Steve and Steve opens my eyes to, you know, there's this whole world on the internet of guys that have gone through what we've gone through and all the stories are the freaking same. And so I go online and I become 
kind of quasi addicted to online forums, guys talking to each other about stuff. And uh, uh-huh. I would type up all kinds of big, my thoughts on the matter and the, the pain I'm going through. And here's what I'm theorizing as to what brought me to this point in life and blah, blah, blah. And um, eventually some guys say, I really like what you're sharing. You should put this in a blog format somewhere. So, you know, just keep it forever. I would, wa- I would read it. So I was like, cool. So it doesn't take much to convince me. So I went online and started a blog. I found that the uh, domain of dadstartingover.com was available. How cool is that? It cost like 11 bucks or something like that. So <laughs> I started that and I started writing. Of course, nobody reads it because it's one of a billion blogs out there, right? So when did you start that? <laughs> that was shit. That was almost right away. So good. Almost a decade ago now. Um, yeah, so, so like around say, yeah, well, eight, nine years. Yeah, ago, mine was 2014. When was yours? So let's say, 2020, yeah, probably 2013. 2013. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So, um, funny. Same, same, same era. Yeah. There was a lot, by the way, there were a lot more people reading blogs then. Like, do you notice that? <laughs> like, now it's not like the same kind well, of thing yeah. with like a big, like a blogger thing that yeah, was we're, going well, on. We're competing whatever. with the YouTubes and everything else as well, yes, and all the social yeah. media. So, anywho, so, um, guys like what I write. And I wrote a couple of things about the world of um, what I came to learn via internet speak was the phenomenon of dead bedrooms, which is couples just not mm-hmm. having sex, which yep. I, I, like a lot of men, experienced and periods of time with that and the passion gone and a wife who's just like, Jesus, I really don't feel like doing this. And so I gave my thoughts on that. And um, somebody said, I really like what you write when it comes to the sex and marriage stuff. And I also noticed that those posts actually got hits as opposed to other posts that no one ever read. Um, so the guy says, you should write a book on this. So I did. And that was, um, I'm, this has been going on for years, by the way, writing in a blog that no one read for years. Um, and eventually I found a new girlfriend who became a fiance. A lot of happened in this time. Um, right. but in 2017 was, or 2016 was when somebody said uh, you should write a book. And so I did, and I self-published the thing and put it out there in 2017 and, of course, like every other author out there, nobody read this stupid thing. Um, but I eventually got a couple of people to read it here and there. And then somebody said, I'm a big fan of yours. I want to help you. Um, your website gets like no traffic. Um, you're not selling any books. Here are some ideas to, to help increase both. He didn't charge me for anything. He just, I just like your work. I believe in what you're doing. Merry Christmas. And it kind of took off from there. The book, um, I put ads on Facebook which, by the way, is a total shit show now. Don't even bother with that anymore. Yeah, I know. It does nothing. Uh, no. uh, but back then, it did. And um, the, story uh-huh. off, the story I often tell guys was just as on a whim, I put down 25 bucks in Facebook advertising, and I woke up the next morning, and overnight, I had sold $700 worth of books. So wow. 25 to 700. I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. Well, I've been chasing that. <laughs> I've been chasing that high ever since, you know, so... Um, <laughs> That, that well, got, after this podcast, after this podcast, yeah. Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So the book was called The Dead Bedroom Fix. And it is sold as of now, probably just over 150,000 copies. Self-published. That's crazy. Yeah, that ain't bad for a self-published book. Actually, that's not wow. bad for books in general, because books in general, yeah, as you real. know, you write something, nobody freaking buys the things. You're, you're lucky. No, definitely not. Yeah. For most authors, you sell a couple in a week and you're just, you're, you know, you're doing cartwheels. Um, but I was selling thousands of these things and I was getting all kinds of emails. And then this blossomed into, um, guys saying, could I chat with you about my situation? Sure. I'm not a therapist, but I'll chat with you. And you know, you do a dozen of those. And eventually somebody says, you should charge for your time. It's not really fair that you're giving away your time. I'm like, I never really thought of that. 
So I started something called coaching and that kept me pretty busy. Um, then to yeah. make a long story short, I hired somebody else who said, I want to help you grow your business, but you need to do some kind of monthly membership thing. And he was very smart. His name is Tony. And Tony said, cause this book sales thing ain't going to last forever. You need some kind of regular monthly income coming in. You need to create some kind of group for men and have benefits, something that they will want to pay for on a monthly basis. And that was the genesis of our members only group called the DSO fraternity. DSO stands for dad starting over. Right. So those are all the guys that you got together at your bro fest in Austin, right? You got it. Our second ever bro fest. We have these in-person meetings and cut to the chase. I have now have, um, it's myself and five other gentlemen that operate as coaches for the group. We have uh, live meetings, multiple per week. Um, we record them all. So there are over 300 plus hours of meetings that are recorded in our archives that you can listen to right on your phone. Um, we have articles, we have members only podcast. We, you can get access to cool. my books, the audio version of my books. You get that at no extra charge and then access to our in-person groups that we have. And you also get uh, access to the coaching at a pretty big discount if you're a member. And we are adding new people every single day. And that's, that's been the big thing that makes me say, I hang my hat on that. I'm, I'm really proud of that. You know, being able to help dudes and because it all started with me years ago and a therapist said, dudes just don't talk to other dudes, period. You guys are just so stuck in dad mode and husband mode. You just forget about being a friend and a buddy. Well, it's true. Yeah. I mean, I have a post coming out. I think it already came out about like how guys, the guys that I see now, like there's this uh, idea in the popular media that men are always leaving their wives to go golfing and like to poker. I don't, I don't really see that though. Like that's the thing is I don't see that. I see, I mean, maybe those people aren't coming into couples counseling, but what I see very frequently in my demographic is that the men are, are you know, they just go to work and come home and yep. they do yep. work, childcare, home, and like some family activities that maybe the wife wants. And that's pretty much it. That's so I feel like, it. right. I mean, is that not what you see? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, hell that's my world now. Here I am preaching, you know, to the world of you need to get out and do you have more guy time. I rarely have guy time. I'll be quite honest with you. Um, it's me. Work, I'm working here in my office in my basement. Um, I have to run get the kids and I'll be taking them out to eat after this. And then I got to drop one kid to one function, bring one kid back, go drop another yep. kid to another function, come back, pick them. By that time, it's, <laughs> it's 930 at night. Um, right. On those rare right. occasions, being divorced, I do have non-kid time. So... But don't you have a baby? Yes, but there are times when no baby, no other kids, no nothing. You know, one of those rare moments of, oh my gosh, there's time alone. So sometimes, yeah, I I am uh, tempted to say, I'm just going to veg out all day or just go to the gym, do whatever, and just spend alone. But I'm like, I need to go out and do something. So I will contact the handful of guys I know, and it's nope, 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 nope. Got kids thing, (laughs) soccer, 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 baseball, basketball, can't do it. Wife says no. Right, it's interesting. Like my husband, the only time that he uh, socializes—I mean, he's a big introvert—but the only time he socializes is like tennis. Like he'll like meet Mm -hmm. guys to do like a sport. So it's like double dipping. It's like exercise and hanging out. You know, yeah. So that you can double dip. But like, I do feel like you're probably providing something for men that they don't get, which is other people kind of commiserating and also like to be a cheering section for you when you actually do decide, you know, to make a change. Obviously, like a lot of guy stuff, it seems like you focus a lot also on working out as a big Mm -hmm. part of confidence and that sort of thing. And you talk about we have guys, you know, being our cheerleaders like you go, dude, and Rah, rah, yeah, look at you getting better. That's part of it. The other part, which I think is probably more foreign to the ladies than to the men, 
is the, hey, dude, you really fucked up. You need to yank your head out of your ass and do better. This is stupid. What are you doing? Um, mm -hmm. We hear that quite often in our group, and that's a big thing. And it hurts guys' feelings at first, but eventually they come around, lick their wounds, and say, yeah, you guys were right. That was pretty stupid what I did. Um, that's a big component you know, of the guy time. Yeah, and it's interesting that you say that because women really do not interact similar to that. It's really a lot of just sympathy and empathy and validation. So I think that, you know, it's interesting to think then how guys learn to socialize with each other. And then if they bring that into the conversation with their wife and they ever try to say, oh, yeah, you really fucked up there. That does not go over. <laughs> that is like, no, no. like that's why so many women are like, no, I just want him to listen. And he's trying to problem solve. Yeah, problem yeah. solving is bad enough, but if a guy calls you out on doing something stupid like that, is like considered the least possible supportive thing to do, you know. So I feel like a lot of guys um, really probably need that different sort of, you know, uh, interaction because the male female interaction is very very different than what either gender does on their own. Yeah, yeah. And not to discount the other more positive side. When, when the guys leave, for example, these bro-fest meetings that we have, last time we got 50 of us guys together, um, and one before that we had some 30-some-odd guys in Nashville, um, the, the energy after these events was palpable. It was everybody's pumped up, they're so happy, you know, they're hugging and backslapping, and yes, there's tears, there's the whole the gamut of the emotion, but when they're done, you should see the, uh, the private group messages that we have online for the fraternity, Guys are posting pictures of themselves with their shirts off saying, I'm holding myself accountable. I look like shit. By this time next year, next ProFest, I'm going to be 20 pounds lighter. And everybody say, yay, good for you. And um, they're just, they're <laughs> just ready, nice. to, they're ready to run through a wall. So you don't get that energy just sitting at home by yourself or with the kiddos. There's something special about that guy time. So you recommend it for your whole program, not only for guys who are divorced and single, oh, but no. also for married guys. The, in fact, the majority of our guys are married and they just want to do better. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's that's the majority of our dudes. Um, but we all learn from each other. All these little um, things intertwine and intermingle. I, I'm a guy in a dead bedroom and I would love to um, regain the sexuality in my marriage versus the guy who's I'm freshly divorced and would like to figure out how to do this all over again sometime down the line, but do it right. Versus this guy who's like, I've never been married. They, all their issues intertwine and they all find something in common. It's not like they just are completely different walled off from each other. So what do you think that women would find the most interesting or the most surprising some, you know, about what the guys say when the women are not around? I would say the vulnerability. Um, uh -huh. It is funny that women think that men are very closed off emotionally, which there is something to be said for that. And I think that women would be surprised to learn probably the reason why is that we are fearful of women and we are fearful of your reaction when we do open up emotionally. Um, if you remove the woman from the equation and the guys kind of look around, so to speak, and say, okay, it looks like this is a safe spot for me to let it loose. All right, guys, here you go. And they just, they just dump and just empty it. Um, there's something about the woman in the picture, the woman enters the room and they just whoop, sit up straight and just say, nope, nothing wrong with me. Everything's fine here. Um, so, so you're right that women really do want men to be more vulnerable. And I read your post on that and I could link to it. If, if you remind me and send me your links, because <laughs> I will not, yeah. but you did write a good post on that, that I had shared, but, it, but so for the women listening, then what are some ways that they could make, but, you know, a more hospitable environment for the man to yeah. be more vulnerable. 
I don't know if women are cognizant, and this obviously does not apply to all women. You know, you always have to put that caveat in there. I'm saying there's there's enough of a trend here for me to say as a man, and every man listening to this was going to nod their head and say, yeah, I've seen that. And it's the scenario where the woman says, damn it, just open up to me. What's wrong? I can see something's wrong with you. You've been moping around all day or all week. What is it? And the man just finally... And he may, you know, get a little shaky and maybe shed a tear or two. And he will watch his wife and the wife's eyes will get really wide. And she'll be like, oh, shit, I don't know if I can handle this. And she will try her best to be like, there, there, dear. But he can see that she's not equipped to handle her strong, stoic rock of a man suddenly becoming a blubbering little boy. And Uh this is going to sound shallow and immature, but this is true. Much of our um, barometer as men for what we gauge as successful in the relationship realm. Are you a success in the relationship realm? Yes or no? The man will define that by how much sex he has. That's just it. Um, It sounds stupid stupid and childish, but that's just it. Um, A guy. Well, yeah, every time I'm in couples counseling, I'm like, how long has it been since you guys had sex? And she's like, I don't know. I think it was about, I'm like, let me ask him. He knows. Yeah. He's (laughs) like February 13th, 6 p.m. Yes. (laughs) That that's how we gauge our success. We look, you know, if you have a guy who's like, I've been in a loving, awesome relationship for 30 odd years, but it's been mostly dead bedroomish versus, and he looks over at some nitwit guy who gets laid all the time by, 12 different women last month in his mind, the other guy wins. Even if he has a yeah. loving, sweet relationship for 25 years, the other guy wins the, wins the race. So anyway, where was I going with that? Oh, so. Um, well, that would be something that women would find surprising then is to hear that men equate that with yes. a personal success in the relationship. Exactly. And so when we open up to woman, woman and Hey, just tell me what the hell's wrong. Um, you can ask that guy, did that have any effect on your love life together, your intimacy together, sex or closeness? And he'll be like, oh yeah, after that little moment, we didn't do shit for a month and a half. Um, men pick up on that. Men pick up on that pretty quick. Um, versus every time he showed some kind of stoic, strong, for lack of a better word, masculine presence in a, in a moment, you know, such as there was a grease fire in the kitchen and he came and saved the day. The wife is just all over him and hugging him and, oh my God, thank you so much. You're my hero. So mm-hmm. you, you stack all those moments together year after year after year. Eventually, the guy learns his lesson, and the lesson is shut the F up, be strong, and um, just cool it with the emotion stuff. She ain't really there to handle it. And that's not necessarily her fault, and I'm not demonizing women. And I don't even think you're, you're um, cognizant of it. You're aware of it, but we see that as a trend. It's not all the time, and it's not all women, but it's enough for us to go, yeah, we better, uh, we better suck it up. And that's not necessarily the healthiest thing in the world. I think it's interesting, too, because in a lot of those situations, just from being a woman, just as something, you know, to like the other perspective on that from what I see. And it's interesting because that happens. And a lot of the time the woman has a fantasy of what he's going to respond. And it's something about her and the relationship and that one would go well and he would get laid but like if she asks him like oh what is wrong and he's like oh something something at work she was hoping so much that he was like i just don't feel so connected to you sweetheart <laughs> like which is obviously a crazy fantasy but like i see that happen all the time like that i'll say like oh what's going on with you and if the man does say things that aren't about the relationship that's where the woman wants the vulnerability but you're right that she may not necessarily want to hear um 
uh, I felt stupid today at work or I feel like I'm getting fat or like yep. anything yep. like that, yes. you know, or I don't, I feel like I don't make enough money. Like she doesn't necessarily want to hear that stuff. What she wants is I was just thinking about how long it's been since we've been on a date, sweetheart. And that's like really <laughs> what she's hoping he's going to say, yes. which is why men and women talk past each other a lot of the yeah. time. You just identified something perfectly, which is, um, there's a dividing line between healthy vulnerability, which leads the woman to go, oh, I love him so much. That's my man. Get over here. That kind of vulnerability. <laughs> All, where's the dividing line between that and, ew, no, just don't touch me. Get away from me. Um, that, that dividing line is not so well defined. And it varies woman to woman. And this may come as a shock to you. You ladies are kind of tough to figure out. <laughs> what is what is awesome one day is not so awesome the next and at different points in the menstrual cycle as go. i tell Thank all of my yes. clients so. when she's ovulating then you could do no wrong if she's about to menstruate then you're the stupidest guy in the world there you go there you go so you know we can, we can take out our app and figure out where it is in the cycle you're at or that's we, what i tell know. them to do for real but you wrote something interesting on i don't know one of your various social media platforms where you were said uh what's up with the guys that are saying like oh poor me nobody wants to date a fat dad or something like that. And that men should really try to work on being super um, self denigrating. And I feel like that is very unattractive. Very, and that is a yeah. type of fake vulnerability that is more like fishing, you know, mm -hmm. for like somebody to be like, Oh, but at least you're a great dad, which like, yes. nobody's going to say that. <laughs> or if they say it, it doesn't really mean that they're yeah. attracted to you. It's just like a pity thing. Well, let me put on my misogynistic hat for a moment. Um, where do guys learn that? What I have found, it's going to sound terrible. Um, there's a lot of men that have been raised by, um, women, single women, or dad has been just, he works too much. I rarely saw dad, dad took off and went with some floozy somewhere, whatever the case may be. Um, the, Hey, woe was me. Can somebody please come to my rescue thing online seems to be kind of the, uh, the realm of the women more so than the men. Um, if a woman gets on there and says, oh my God, what a terrible day, she will have 500 likes and right. six, 600 <laughs> comments within the half hour. A man does that and his friend says, stop being a wuss and that's enough. Of, <laughs> and who cares? Or crickets. Nobody will say anything. Um, yes. So he's kind of taking a playbook or, or, or a play from the book of the female side of things, if you will. And I think that's maybe all the empathy. Yeah, yeah. I think that's in part why you identify that as because it's not the most masculine thing in the world. It's kind of a quote feminine thing to say, hey, world, come to my rescue. And can somebody please empathize with me and tell me everything's going to be OK to hear that from a man is. Ugh. So then on that note, do you uh, coach your guys to be more assertive and dominant in the sexual realm? Because that is a lot of what women uh, secretly and not so secretly yeah. want when yeah. they're in couples counseling. But ironically, they also say that they want somebody sensitive, vulnerable, you know, like the perfect man, sensitive, vulnerable, and also, you know, can be super dominant in the bedroom. Well, I tell you, you would think I would say, yeah, absolutely. 90% of the time. I don't know. Um, we have some guys who um, are really tone deaf when it comes to picking up on social cues and so forth from the wife. And um, I will listen to a story and five minutes into the story, I'll just say, dude, your wife wants nothing to do with you right now. You need to back the F off. Um, uh -huh. she, you need to stop with the pushing and you need to stop with the grabbing and you need to stop with the, uh, hey, how about this? And 
and you know showing her porn and buying sex toys and so that's pretty aggressive stuff right there that's could be argued well, yeah. as that could be argued as somewhat dominant where he's trying to push this sexual stuff on her and I mean you just you know, she's disconnected she has been for a long ass time and you're not picking up on the signals um and then many of these men will come back with well if I don't push it nothing's going to happen ever if I just sit back and just let it happen well it's not not necessarily so much sit back there's a there's a dance here there's you know it's um it's a routine it's a ritual that you have to go through this little courting and so forth and a lot of men are really missing that now to your point yes for a lot of men what's the missing ingredient Dude, you just need to man the F up. You need to uh, be a little bit more dominant. You need to know when to say no. You need to know when to when to lead. This is what we're going to do. I got an idea. Let's go do this. Instead of giving her 18 options and saying, hey, choose one. Mm-hmm. Very milk toast kind of um, passive stuff. It doesn't go over well with a lot of women. Um, so, yeah, it varies. Sure. That's why I wrote I wrote a post, Stop Caring So Much What Your Wife Thinks, which was like one of my more popular posts that guys would write in and say, this really helped me think about, you know, what I do at home, because a lot of guys are really just trained to say, yes, okay, sure, okay, sure, okay, sure. And then a few years of that, and the woman is like, why did you make no decision in the past five years? Yep, yep. Isn't that funny? And to his credit, though, he will look at her and just put his hands up and go, what? You said, <laughs> the hell, you know, you said you preferred to take on this role. You wanted to take it over. You wanted to do it. And you seem to be it's fine true. for years of me saying, yeah, whatever. Now, all of a sudden, you don't like it. I think women change a lot when the kids get older, from what I see. Like when there are babies around and very little kids, women are super anxious and they want things done exactly their way. The guy gets used to it. And then the kids get older, they go back to school. And then the woman wants him to act more assertive and masculine. But he was used to getting the diaper bag at exactly the right time because otherwise <laughs> she was going to have a panic attack, which I could totally understand because yeah. I've been there. I had three small yeah. kids under three and a half. And it's like you want somebody to be a second pair of hands. You know, you're identifying what I in my vernacular in the book, The Dead Bedroom Fix, um, is identify. There's there's two parts of the equation. It's it's similar to the woman, but for the man, sticking with the man, what we're talking about, you just identified a lot of the providery stuff, the good dad stuff. Go get the the formula, Mm -hmm. run to the store in the middle of the night, help clean the dishes and the cat box and all those stuff. What I've seen is that. Men kind of have that. Today's man really has that shit down pat. They they really do, they, do they really, really well. do. They are so good at it now. Yes, but they totally <laughs> discount the other side of the equation, which is what I call the lover side, which is right. ironically the all the shit you did to get the woman interested in you in the first place. Um, all that stuff you did during the courtship phase, the new relationship energy phase. We just naturally pump that stuff up. We don't even think about it. Um, we look better, we act better, we're more confident, we more ambitious and drive a nicer car. And then as soon as it becomes Mr. Domestic uh, Provider Dad mode, it's, well, time to get the minivan, add on 30 pounds. Who cares about what I look like? Yes, dear, whatever you say, dear. And we just drop all that shit completely. And then we wonder, well, she really doesn't seem to like me much anymore. Well, shit, no shit. I wonder why. Um, that's yeah. probably the majority of guys right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting because obviously you work with all guys on this stuff and you give them a lot of good feedback. But also I've seen that women respond to the dead bedroom fix. So you have some female fans. It seems a lot of them that like what you did for their husband, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's not as much as I would like, obviously. That's maybe once a month I will hear from a woman and that may be even exaggerated a bit. Um, But 
I've heard nothing but positives from that. And it's, right. uh, what's funny is from women, it's how can I tell my husband in a nice way, in a way that won't hurt his feelings to read your book? And I say, <laughs> um, you're thinking like a woman here. What it's going to take is literally showing him the book, either online or a paper copy and say, do me a favor, dummy, and read this. Um, that, that gets men to take action. And the fact that it's about sex will probably wake him up and say, oh, shit, here's hope. And he'll read. Yeah. And I think the fact that it's written by a guy, I think a lot of women try to get the men to read my, read my blog and listen to my podcast. But, you know, even though I feel personally that I have a pretty good idea about what men think, I hope you agree, my friend, Ralph, but, (laughs) but, um, no, but they'll read it if it's written by a guy, you know, and honestly, probably some of them will even read it more because it's not written by a therapist because honestly, couples counseling, and I know that you've uh, spoken to this or, uh, on your stuff. But sometimes couples counseling really goes like shit for men (laughs) because it's totally focused on all of the woman's feelings. Nobody ever mentions the bedroom at all. And then it's just kind of one failure after another. Yep. You got it. Exactly right. And then men end up like crawling out of there saying, uh, I just feel like I've been beat up by two people for an hour. Um, yes, yes. I try not to do yeah. that in my own sessions. But anyway, Ralph, this is already a lot. How long have we been talking? Well, this is now my longest podcast episode ever. Wow. We had a lot to talk about. Yes, I know yours are like super long. One day I'll get to do an hour, but I don't know how you do it. But um, <laughs> but anyway, everybody, thank you so much for listening. This was Ralph from dadstartingover.com. And he has a Facebook page and he has his dead bedroom fix book. And he's going to link me to all of his stuff so that you can um, both men and women should read it. Obviously, dead bedrooms a super big problem and something that I talk about a lot is how to increase libido and hopefully, you know, and connection and hopefully listening to Ralph here um, gave the women more of the guy's perspective. So you don't just think, you know, your own husband has problems. It is like a, a men feel very similarly about these issues. And Ralph articulated a lot of the issues and, um, you know, and then you can this would be a good one. I always tell people to talk about my podcast with your partner. And this would be a really good one to be like, to say to your husband, if you're a woman to say, did you agree with stuff that Ralph said? What did you agree with? What did he verbalize that you haven't said to me? You know, I think that that would be really good. So thank you so much, Ralph, for being on my show, my lone guest ever. (laughs) And we can't forget though, we have to promote the big event coming up. Oh, you're right. See, I need him to help me. So the um, we are having a Zoom event that I have uh, publicized a little bit, but our big we're going to have a Zoom question and answer on anything about monogamy and keeping monogamy sexy and hot. Or I've, I feel like we should have probably made that the title. Yeah, I forget I like what that. we did. I like that, but we, we said how to make yeah. monogamy work, but how to make it sexy and hot. How to make monogamy work. How to make monogamy sexy and hot is the new working title. And um, yeah, that's going to be on Thursday. Is that right? Correct. Next Thursday, the 19th. Thursday, May 19th at 6.30 to 8 Eastern. Somebody, well, one of your followers taught me the difference between Eastern Standard and Eastern Daylight. I still have I, no I, idea I, what I this means. I have no, I have no, no idea. I have no <laughs> but it's East, I'm in Maryland. People can like just Google what that is. And it's, uh, we're going to be taking all of your questions and a lot of Ralph's uh, coaching people are going to be there. So if you're curious as to how he interacts and his coaching and everything, and this is something that you as a man are looking into 
to in order to uh, provide you with not only more socializing outlets, but also more in-depth coaching and support around the various travails of being a monogamous guy, <laughs> you know, then, then that would be good too. So thank you so much, Ralph. I thank will you, have Doc. you back again sometime. Absolutely. Would love to. Thank you so much. All right. Awesome. All righty. Have a good one. You, you too.